Welcome into episode 85 of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Jeremy Law, Lester Mitchell here with you tonight. Um, following Alabama's first fall scrimmage, it's in the books, the uh, the second one coming up this Saturday. Um, tonight's episode, um, there's really not a lot to cover from the first fall scrimmage. It's only It was only like the third or fourth day in, in full pads anyways. And so, you know, we'll let you – We'll let you say what you want or have your own opinion about the quarterback issues. We're not we're not issues, but the quarterback competition. We're not going to give ours in this episode tonight. Um, we will talk next week. We will break down both of the scrimmages and how each position group played, and maybe who holds a, an advantage in in any competition that Alabama has at certain positions. But um, tonight we're going to do we're going to break down the SEC schedule for Alabama plus the Texas game. We'll go in order starting with September 9th in the Texas game and um, just kind of give a, a brief um, synopsis of what we think is going to happen. Of course, you know, every week we will break down the the upcoming games and, and after the game, we'll break down what happened in the games. And so this is just our mid August fall camp predictions of what we think is going to happen in each individual sec game plus Texas. We did this last year. SEC game plus Texas, but we do it again this year. I really like it. And um, you know, we'll we'll check time, but uh, you know, we wanna we don't wanna have a hour and a half podcast for you guys. We were just talking about that. So if there's some time at the end if we get through this rather quickly, then we'll uh then we'll also give our final four breakdown. If not, we'll slide that to next week. But we're gonna jump right into this. September 9th. Alabama really doesn't have a lot of time to to get these two two coordinators, a lot of experience with this team. Um, you know, Tommy Reese, first year in the SEC, Kevin Steele, been at Miami. Um, you know, he's been in the SEC, but it's been a while. So it's, it's his first time or first season coaching this new team. And, um, you know, he got new players. Nick Saban claims that he has an offensive and defensive scheme. We'll see how much that actually factors into what they want to run and what they're allowed to run. But they don't have a lot of time to make mistakes. You've got Middle Tennessee State. You've got basically four quarters. And then you've got Texas rolling in, a team that you squeaked by last year in DKR Memorial, Memorial Stadium over there in Austin. And uh, and so, Lester, let's start with you, man. September night, Texas at Brian Denny. That's a night game, I believe. Um you know, tell me, tell me what you think happens here. Oh yeah, um, night game. I'm sure game day will be there. I know Pat McAfee already said that he's going to be there. All the hoopla, yada yada yada, all that's going to come with it for sure. Um, but as far as that game goes, as far as Texas goes, I think Nick Saban, in order of importance, he would go defense, special teams, then somewhere down at the bottom, <laughs> he'll it's, it's the offense. I, I truly believe that this is going to be one of those ball control, let Texas make their mistakes, let's get pressure with the defense, let's not make any um, mistakes on special teams, and let's make plays on special teams. I think it's going to be that kind of game, and whoever the quarterback is, I think they want to put the least amount of pressure or the game plan on that guy just basically don't make a mistakes i honestly i think if it goes the way that nick and alabama wants it to go that'll be a low scoring game but alabama will squeak it out because texas will have you know a couple turnovers or a mistake here and there and uh i think ideally that's how that game will want to go you don't want to get in a shootout with those guys is what i'm saying 
You know, it's a good point there starting off because I have a feeling that with the if everything is true of what we're hearing of what Tommy Reese and Nick Saban want to do offensively, I can see a lot of games be lower scoring, you know, playing games in the in the mid yes. upper twenties yes. and, and lower thirties. Um, do you have a score prediction for that? I did score predictions for mine. You don't have to, but do you have a score prediction in mine? I'll say 31-24. Nice. J-Law, what do you have for this Texas matchup? Yeah, I, I uh, see it a little different. I think this one out of the gates. Last year was that ball control game. Last year was, you know, the low scoring one. I think that the the sequel is going to be a 41-34-ish type of ball game. I think Alabama wins. I still don't think that Texas is quite there. They're going to have the weapons on offense. And who the heck knows if Quinn doesn't get hurt last year. Man, it sure looked like Sark had his uh, his number dialed up, and he was moving the football pretty good. So, I don't know. I think this one could be close. I think, though, however, that Jalen Milrow might play the best. He might give us the best chance to potentially win the game against a Texas, a team that's going to be a little loose on defense, still in the Big 12. They don't have all their talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's mostly on offense. And he could really stress that Texas defense is going to be a little softer than what we see uh, in SEC play. So regardless who the quarterback is, I don't really know if it changes my opinion on how many points Alabama can score in this game at home at night with a loud crowd behind them. But I do think it's going to be really close. I think it could go either way, but I do probably like Alabama by a touchdown at home. Yeah, I have to differ from both of you guys on this. And I've told you all this, and until I see something that makes me change my mind on it, I just – I understand that it's it's in Tuscaloosa, it's in Bryant-Denny, it's at night. But I have a feeling Jalen Milrow starts against Middle Tennessee State, which he'll be fine. He won't do anything in that game to relinquish the starting job. And going into Texas – the bright lights are when the light shines the brightest. I don't think he has what it takes to get it done. Um, Texas had Alabama's number last year. Um, so there's not going to be a fear factor going into Bryant Denny stadium. Uh, Quinn Ewers may have thrown for 500 yards last year. If he doesn't get hurt. I mean, what did he throw for like 160 in the first quarter? It was ridiculous. They had no answer for him. Um, it's the first test for Steele and Reese. They don't have enough time to figure out, you know, the conference or whatever the case is, uh, whether it's Reese not being able to figure out the, the speed and and all this stuff. And I know Texas is still in the Big 12, but they're a future SEC team. And I think they're an SEC team or caliber, caliber team now. Um, the first test for him and still, I don't think our, our quarterback situation is figured out. I think Bama loses this game by a touchdown, 34-27. Now, this is the only blemish I have on the roster or on the schedule. But I just think it's too early in the year. If you play this game week four and maybe play Mississippi State, you know, or another SEC school in that week two slot, then I, I could see Alabama winning the game. But I just don't think week two is enough time for them to figure out um, with two new coordinators and, and a quarterback um, competition. So I, I think Alabama loses this game 34-27. Two weeks later, um, September 23rd, you have Ole Miss at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Um, Lester, what's your thoughts on this game? Well, um, once again, 
Skip is probably going to do everything he can to get under Nick's skin. And welcome back, old Pete. Old Taco Bell lover at 2 a.m. He's no different than any of us were. But I, I, I think that that game is going to be high-flying, high-scoring. Um, whoever is the quarterback at that time, you got to assume, like you were mentioning earlier, as the, as the year goes on, they're going to get much, much better. Um, and I think that could be a game where the offense begins to hit their stride going forward. Um, I see the game as a little bit more high-scoring. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Pete runs his defense now, I guess. He's he's from up under Nick Saban, you know, but um, I don't think they don't have the talent to do everything. So, um, yeah, I'll say Alabama by 17 points in that game. Dang, beat down. Okay, I hear you. And, and you know, I love the differential we have because I see this one as more of a low-scoring game. Um, I think Spencer Sanders gets the nod from Lane Kiffin. Um, I think he's played too many snaps at Oklahoma State to transfer to a place where he wasn't going to start. Not saying that he was guaranteed the starting job, but when you're a fifth or sixth-year guy, I can't remember. He's been there. He's been in college a long time. You don't transfer your final year to sit the bench. And especially where you had the the starting job at Oklahoma State locked down. If you've been a, a two or three year starter there, um, yeah, you know, I, I think with with three three games under his belt, Middle Tennessee, Texas, and South Florida, Kevin still gets a feel for the defense and shuts down the run that, that Kevin wants to run. And um, uh, I think the defensive line has a big day. And um, like you said, yeah, Pete Golding, I just you know. Uh, there's just <clears throat> there uh, nobody's scared of him, and nobody's really scared of Ole Miss's defense in general. They just don't have the horses on that side of the ball. They haven't recruited well enough on that side of the ball to really, um, to really stop anybody. Uh, but I do see it as a lower scoring game. I, I'm gonna say 31-23 Bama. Bama goes with an eight point victory. Jayla, what do you have for this one? Bama big. Pete Golding consistently underperformed with the. Second most defensive talent in America for the last four to five years. No chance that Ole Miss even is close to being in this game midway through the third quarter. I think Saban's going to have his – you know Saban takes every game serious, blah, blah, whatever. I think there's a bone to pick with Pete Golding in this game. He's going to do as much as he can. And I know Lane Kiffin's a good offensive coach. But when you're not playing with the best talent, it's hard to win games. So I I really like Alabama in the high 30s. I think they could take their foot off the gas late in the third quarter that this game will be in hand. I could go with like a 37-17 type of win here for Alabama at home. If it was at Ole Miss, it would be slightly a different story. I'd probably mm-hmm. take a touchdown from Bama and give it to Ole Miss to be a, what, a 30-24 to 24 type ball game potentially. But – not in not in Brian Denny. Moving on to September 30th, and, and, you know, this – I think Alabama has multiple trap games on this schedule this year. Even though they play their big games at home, this is one on September 30th. You got to go to Startful, Mississippi, in between Ole Miss and on the road at Kyle Field on October 7th. This one's September 30th at Mississippi State. Lester, it's got trap game written all over it. What do you think here? Um, this isn't the trap game for me, but I think that I don't think Mississippi would be too big of trouble, you know, coming off the passage of Mike Leach, you got a first year head coach, 
coming in there and you don't really know how much talent they have or you know how much they have coming back. I mean, I don't I haven't heard any buzz about that team whatsoever. Um hopefully this will be another game where you know, Alabama tends to grow as a team. Should be a fairly easy win in my opinion. I'll go maybe 24 points. Um you know, on the battle of 82. So that's all I got for that game. Yeah, I, I think there's multiple trap games and this is definitely one of them um it's the week before you go to Kyle Field where you lost two years ago um you had Saban's unranked team streak ended you had his his former coach streak ended um so that's going to be an emotional game at Kyle Field Will Rogers is still alive and on the roster so Mississippi State is going to be a tough out I mean Zach Arnett first year head coach he was a defensive coordinator the last couple of years He'll bring a defensive mindset to the team. And a lot of people don't, you know, they they forget this. Kevin Barbet is the new offensive coordinator. He's from Appalachian State. He's a young offensive mind. I think he's in his early 40s. And don't forget, he did beat Jimbo Fisher last year. Appalachian State went into Kyle Field and beat Texas A&M. Um, I think Bama wins the game, but it's a lot closer than everybody expects. I'm going to say 35-30 Bama. J-Law, what you got for this one? Mississippi State, looking at their schedule, could easily be one and three, but it'll probably be two and two at best. They have LSU two weeks before they play us, and then they go to South Carolina the week before they play us. Man, this could be a really just down bad football team for Mississippi State. They play Arizona in the non-con Um we just don't know what to expect from Mississippi State. We know who their defensive coordinator is. He's like a, you know, a young, brilliant mind. He's given Alabama some trouble a little bit as far as, you know, what he kind of shows versus what other coach, what other defenses in the SEC typically show. But I mean, Mike Leach in the air raid couldn't get points on this Alabama defense. Didn't did Mike Leach ever score a touchdown against Alabama? Dude, I don't know, but it seemed like every year that was the only thing Pete Golding, it seemed like he could figure out was Mike Leach's offense. Which I mean it's not hard. They're gonna run it seven times the whole game. So it's not very difficult to figure out. No, they're gonna they're gonna run it. I know they tried to run it against us a lot in that first quarter last year. Um and then Alabama kind of got up on them a tad. But you know, depending on what they do offensively, yeah, maybe that could keep this game close. But I just think Mississippi State's going to be a down bad football team and probably at the first sight of something negative happening for them, um, they could be buried in that game. I don't really have a score prediction for this one because Alabama never, ever plays well in Starkville. Normally it's a, you know, a, the fourth quarter rolls around before Alabama typically pulls away in a game in Starkville. But I do like Alabama in this one. So I, I see them sitting right here at what, five and oh going into week six or game six. Yep, heading into that game six, October seventh at Kyle Field at Texas at Texas A and M. Um revenge may be on the mind, it might not. Lester, how do you see this one? Texas A and M. This is I think this will be my trap game for me. Um how is this a trap game? Because Texas A&M coming off of what, what five and seven last year, maybe a team that you don't, you know. Yeah, and I should have beat you at home. That, you know, yeah, right. They're they're still talented, and if they if Jimbo's doing everything that they say he's doing, being hands off and finally being the 
the CEO of the team and letting Bobby Petrino, who definitely has a chip on his shoulder, um, kind of getting back into the limelight, having a high-profile job as the OC of Texas A&M, I, I think that's just a potential slip-up game. Um, I think that's the game where, you know, thus far, I don't think I've predicted like a, a shootout, but this one may be one of those games, and depending on who the quarterback is and how that situation is handled, it is very much potential for Alabama to drop that game. I think Alabama loses one game this year in the regular season, and it's either going to be here or Texas A&M. I mean, Texas or Texas A&M. Yeah, a lot of people are, are calling for a loss here just because of what happened two years ago, and I, I love your your optimism with these shootout games that y'all are picking, but um, the way I look at it, like, like I said earlier, I just don't see a Tom Reese offense. If everything is true of what they said they want to do, I don't see a lot of games where Alabama scores 45, 50 points. Um, I do. I see this as a revenge game. I mean, even if even even though you won last year, it was embarrassing. They came into your house and they had a play inside the five to beat you. And that was a nail biter the whole way through Alabama. There's no score at the end of the first quarter. I mean, Milrow got the start, played terrible. I think he had three or four turnovers in that game, fumbling, throwing picks. So if he's the starting quarterback, it would be a revenge game for him personally. But then, you know, for the team, the guys that were here two years ago that went over there and lost and had those, those uh, you know, that, that heartbreaking loss over there. But thing is, I, I think one thing I'm confident about is that Kevin Steele is going to simplify the defense, especially on the road. The confusion from all the motions, everybody knows about all the motions that Jimbo does to confuse a Nick Saban defense. Hopefully that confusion is no longer there. He just simplifies everything and says, hey, play ball and beat me straight up, out-athlete me like we've talked about so many times on this podcast. Have that approach on defense. Alabama has the athletes to prevail. I think Alabama wins 31-24 in Kyle Field. J-Law, what do you have for this game? Yeah, close Bama dub. And listen, I'm not saying that I think that this Alabama offense, if it's good, will be efficient. I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, they're gonna score 40 in every game, but I do right. think that 37, just, I, yeah, we 38 see, is I attainable. see more I see more six to eight minute drives rather than, you know, three or four play drives. I, I you don't I don't see a lot of that happen. I see them wanting to really chew the clock and control the game and, and right. keep the defense off the field. Yeah, I see it very Georgia-ish, and if they have the quarterback to hit the deep shots when they take them, Alabama's going to have some big play touchdowns this year, but it's not going to be all big play touchdowns like it always was under Bill O'Brien. There's going to be sustained drives and chances to actually wear down the other team. Looking at this A&M game, dude, this is in the middle of a brutal stretch for A&M, not really a brutal stretch for Alabama. We're coming off state. They're coming off Auburn, Arkansas, go Alabama at home and then at Tennessee. So there's not really a lot of room for Jimbo to look around and potentially have something special. Now we'll, we know he will have something special, but I don't think he can go all in and afford to go all in on the Alabama game this year. He'll still be his sixth year in college station. He's coming off five and seven. Like he can't lose to Miami. He can't drop a game at home in year one with Hugh freeze he cannot lose to Arkansas this year. Like, he needs to finish in the top three in the SEC West, if not top two, I think, to keep his job. Now, does he care about keeping his job? I don't know. He's getting paid regardless. He's got a guaranteed contract. But I like Alabama in this game. 
Connor Weidman scares me. Evan Stewart scares me. Everybody they recruited in two recruiting classes that go scares me because they were all five stars the whole class, it feels like. But I do think Alabama, simple, a simplified defense and efficient offense, um, and this is all assuming the quarterback position is going to be okay. I like Alabama, and this one I think it's going to be probably a 31-27, 34-31 type ball game because I do think Petrino's going to be able to score points as they confirm that Petrino will be calling the plays on the sideline. Now, that doesn't mean that Jimbo Fisher gave up the playbook. That just means Jim, that Bobby Petrino is going to be calling the plays, which I do think will help AM. I like Alabama. I'll change. I think thirty. No, I'll stick thirty-one twenty-seven. Bama in this one. J Law, do you really have confidence that Jimbo feels like he has to, you know, perform well against Auburn and Arkansas? Do you really? Is there any part of you that truly believes that? Because I'm fully sold that he just cares about one game a year. I, I think he cared about one game a year two years ago, and then after the App State loss last year, he knew he had to beat Alabama. Like, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. He knew he, at that point he did not have a good football team. If he could put all his eggs in one basket, beat Alabama, they would have gotten a 6-6 six and six if they beat Alabama and a bowl game. Um, they weren't able to do that, but I don't think that beating Alabama – it's still the standard in college football, but I don't think that's enough for Jimbo. So if he starts out bad and has poor game plans against Auburn and Arkansas and a bad game at Miami, um, maybe they're just not a good football team. So I don't I don't think that he can just, you know, rest on his laurels a little bit and wait for Alabama to come to town to make a statement. He's already made that statement. He beat you in College Station. He's got to do something else. And outside of 2020, when AM finished second in the West in a COVID year, um, Dude, Jimbo Fisher has pretty much been an absolute nobody when it comes to SEC football. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Petrino gets to call every play this season except for one game. <laughs> that Jimbo's already game planning for Alabama and he takes over the reins just for that game with all the fits he's given Nick Saban. Um October 14th, Arkansas comes into Bryant Denny Stadium. Lester, in my opinion, this is another trap game. It's sandwiched in between a road game at Kyle Field, and then that much-anticipated third Saturday in October, you still got to play Arkansas. You know, K.J. Jefferson's been there 100 years, so tell me what you think about this one. Yeah, that is another potential trap game. I'm not sure about the the talent level um, of Arkansas, but as we've seen in the past, uh, that doesn't seem to matter all the time because, once again, K.J. Jefferson is just a freak at the quarterback position and you never know when those freaks are just going to have just that game where they just go God mode. They can't miss. They can't do nothing wrong. The ball always bounces their way. So as far as like the recipe for disaster for Alabama, um, Arkansas certainly has a couple of those pieces, starting with K.J. Jefferson. But I believe, like you guys were saying earlier, with the simplified defensive plan that Kevin Steele is going to bring in, um, they're going to contain him um, as much as possible. And then outside of containing him, I don't think the Arkansas has the horses um, to compete or the talent level to compete really with Alabama. So I think that'll be a comfortable, probably a 17-point win. Yeah, I actually had that exactly. I have a 41-24 Bama. And just like you said, I don't think Arkansas has recruited to the SEC caliber that they need to. Uh, I think Sam Pittman is a good coach, and I think he can do more with less. I don't think he needs uh, five or six five-stars every signing class in order to be a, a successful coach. 
Um, they do have some playmakers, but you know, Riles just really hasn't hurt Alabama. And it's hard for me to if you've if you can't fool Pete Golding, it's hard for me to believe that you're gonna fool Kevin Steele, a guy who I mean, think about how many more games Kevin Steele has under his belt as a defensive coordinator over Pete Golding. And um and so I just don't think they have the horses to beat Alabama. I'm gonna call 41-24. Jay Law, what do you have? Last time in Bryant Denny, Kendall Browse put up some points, but man, it was all the Bama defense tackling each other, running into each other, falling down. Um, I can't think of, I can't remember the receiver's name that it went off for three touchdowns against us, but it seems like every time he caught the ball, we were just never near him. Um, that's what we're not gonna have to worry about, I don't think, this year. You have Kool-Aid, you have Arnold on the outside, or potentially Trey Amos, like you feel really comfortable. And in this game against a fifth-year starter or fifth-year guy and a fourth-year starter in KJ Jefferson, really mobile. Yeah, he's got a cannon, but he still likes to run it. I think Alabama's going to be really comfortable with their defense, a lot of experience to play a lot of zone where the corners aren't necessarily turning their back to the quarterback. They're going to be able to contain KJ Jefferson, and they're going to want to rely on that run game. This is going to be a game for Alabama if they can stop the run. With five guys, it's going to be really hard for Arkansas and Kendall Browse to score points. So, you know, I don't know if it's 17 points. I know Sam Pittman's style plus potentially Alabama's offensive style may not let somebody get to 41 points in this game. Although I definitely see K.J. Jefferson turning the ball over. He tends to do that a good bit as well. Um, so I'll probably go with a conservative I'll probably I'll take you 31-17 Bama at home after a tough game against AM. I mean, you're not that you're gonna come out flat at home, but this is a potential trap game for me too. I think it could be close throughout the middle of the third quarter, maybe start of the fourth, but Alabama gets a 31-17 type win. Third Saturday in October. October 21st versus Tennessee, Bryant Denny Stadium. Hopefully it's a night game. Um, huge atmosphere. Lester, what are we predicting here, man? Yeah, I'm probably predicting the most electric atmosphere in Bryant Denny Stadium this year. Um, in that game, especially Tennessee and um Heupel and Jalen North Hyatt, I think that's the thing. Uh, no, Joe Milton, Joe Milton, that's gonna be the quarterback from them this year. Um, I think this could be a high flying game. You have to keep up with Josh Heupel. The dude's proven to be kind of sort of a I mean, Tennessee led the nation offense, I believe, last year. They're going to be damn good. They're going to move the ball. Um, I think once more of Kevin Steele's defense gets on film, you know, the more simpler it is, kind of the more easier it is to figure out. At that point, just kind of hope you have the better dogs. But um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I, but I believe it's going to be Bama probably 45-42, that one. I think they're going to score the ball. I think they're going to move the ball. And uh, but certainly a electric atmosphere in Brian I'm I'm a believer in the revenge factor. I'm sorry. Everybody can say, you know, you hear Saban say we don't talk about revenge, but if you were there last year and you were in that atmosphere and how close you were to winning that game with a phantom PI calling Kool-Aid there at the end, um, that would have led to a surefire victory for you on the road after you just got abused all game. That that's gotta sit with you. And especially the anxiety comments come out and Alabama's basically a running joke for the national media the next couple of weeks. And that's got to sit it's, – it's got to leave a sour taste in the guy's mouth that they were there last year and got to play in that game. So 
I believe the revenge factor does play a part in the Tennessee and LSU games this year. Um, Joe Milton, by far, has the biggest arm of the country. Nobody's going to debate that. But at the same time, there was a reason he was forced to transfer from Michigan, and then he lost his starting job to Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. He's just like Jalen Milrow, except for the except for where Milrow has extreme athleticism. For Milton, it's extreme arm strength. Yet the problem is he doesn't know how to play the position well enough to lead Tennessee to a 10-11 win season. So I think Alabama's offensive line really wears down the Tennessee defensive line in this game, and I think they win 42-31. I think they come out with a, with a double-digit win. J-Law, what do you have? Well, I hope you're right on that one. Um, I don't know if this is a loss for me, but I, I'm going to say coin toss game. Heupel's going to come with his best stuff. And, heck, you make it. If Heupel wins this game, he probably ends up in the NFL and doesn't have to worry about recruiting or anything else and probably ends up making 9 to $10 million for an NFL team in two years. You might actually say it might work out better for Alabama to lose this game if you just talk long-term. This is a series of runs. It's These two teams don't trade wins. Very Go look back in history. They like Very rarely does, does this go Bama, Tennessee, Bama, Tennessee. It normally goes – Tennessee, 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 Bama, six years, Tennessee, seven more years. Like, this is a series of runs. But I will say this, at home, in Bryant-Denny, Alabama's offense really wants to take the air out of the ball in this game. You want to limit possessions for Tennessee. You just watch what Georgia did last year, where Tennessee has recruited really well, even under Heupel, was offense. Um, they have still not stacked up that defense. They were one of the worst defenses in college football last year, one of the worst passing defenses in college football. And really outside of the Alabama game, they did not stop the run well either. I think the crowd gets to these guys. That's what really starts to bother these offenses that, you know, Josh Heupel and them play in like they couldn't win at Sanford Stadium last year. They could not communicate. They couldn't get all their checks in. It was tough for them to, you know, do everything that they wanted to do at the line of scrimmage. So I like Alabama in this one, but I do think this is a coin toss, and I don't really have a final score for you. I think that both teams will be sitting in the high 30s, maybe even low 40s in this one. Much needed bye week for Alabama following the Tennessee game, going into another home home matchup with LSU on November 4th. Huge matchup. Um Coming off of Bobby, like I said, chance to heal up. Lester, what do we have predicted for this one? As goofy as he may seem, as much as we don't want to believe it, uh, Brian Kelly is a damn good football coach, and mm-hmm. LSU will be a very dangerous team. Um, once again, Jaden, Jalen, whatever, uh, Daniels, pretty decent quarterback. Jaden Daniels, pretty decent quarterback. The guy can run the ball. Um he he's dangerous. Hell, I saw that my own two eyes in Baton Rouge last year. Um, that sucked. That, but um, they're gonna be good. I think once again, another potential loss. Like I said, Brian Kelly is a goofball or whatever. The dude can coach some football. He is slowly building a team down there. He didn't inherit bad talent at all, but he's getting his pieces in there. LSU is going to be very good. And if I'm not mistaken, they have a bye week before Alabama before the Alabama game too, like they do every year. So um, but yeah, hopefully that game it's going to be a pretty good game. Both teams will be hopefully well rested. Um, I'm going to say that's going to be a nail biter, probably another 35, 34 kind of game. Who wins? 
I think Bama wins. I think okay. Bama will squeak it out. At home field advantage, um, I'm going to roll with that. But, yeah, I think I think Bama wins. Yeah, it's a good point. Their home field advantage, uh, you know, that revenge, that R word coming up again for me. Um, the fans want to create a crazy atmosphere. You know, Jaden Daniels didn't shred Bama through the air last year. He only threw for 180 yards. He did all his damage with his feet, and he ran for almost 100 yards. Um, I think Kevin Steele does a good job of shutting down the quarterback run. I think where LSU's at right now, I think Brian Kelly, he's bringing some guys in. I think LSU's starting 22 can compete with just about anybody in the SEC, but I think they have a depth issue. I don't think that they've been at, that Brian Kelly has been there long enough to recruit the depth that he needs in order to go and win a conference championship yet. Uh, I know he got there last year, but then Georgia just absolutely shredded him. The team just, you know, gave up in the second half. Basically, Georgia put up over 50 points on him. So I think it's a, it's a game where Alabama takes over in the second half. And and they do it with, with the ground game, and I think that you, I think you're going to see that a lot this year. I think you're going to see um, Alabama win a lot of games in the third and fourth quarter. I don't think you're having explosive offense where you're only your guys are only playing a half or playing three quarters. I think it's an offense designed to win games in the fourth quarter just by beating down the opponent. You know that's what they've talked about. That's what they want to get back to. I would love to see it. I think Alabama wins twenty eight twenty one. Versus LSU. J-Law, what we got? Yeah, think back to last year. You mentioned depth. I mean, Alabama constant three and outs in that game. Left LSU in it. You just felt like Alabama was going to pull away, go down there, score a touchdown. Dude, they just – they never did it. And they kept just you know, getting one first down. They were going three and out or five and out. And that was a major problem at LSU last year. I just think this offense this year is – predicated on what a saving say if we don't get four yards it's a bad play so in the nfl you're thinking three three and a half like okay we're good we're set up for first down save is that if we don't get four yards that's a bad play so like we we scrap plays because they don't get four yards they're not working in practice we can't get four yards we're not doing them this offense that that tommy reese is going to be running his mentality more tight end focus more run game focus is going to be set to get you in third and two, third and one, extend drives, keep the other offense off the field, wear down the other defense. And in the third and fourth quarters, you mentioned you're going to win games like this game against teams with legitimate top of the top level competition and talent. That's what LSU is going to put on the field. Um, but I like Alabama in this one. I just don't know how many points this LSU offense can score as well. They didn't like they lit us up last year. They didn't like they just – they, it wasn't a 44-40 ball game. It was, what, 17-17 going into overtime or whatever it was. Slow, very low score. No, it was 24-24, I think, going into overtime. Whatever. But so I don't see them scoring many more points. They actually lost weapons. I don't think they got many of them back. And their offensive line at LSU really hadn't been that great over the last few years either. I'll take Bama in this one. I don't know if Bama gets to 35, but I would like them. I like them 31, 31-21 in Brian Denny. Following that game against LSU, we go to Lexington, Kentucky, a, a place – been a while since Alabama's played there. I'm not sure exactly when the last time Alabama played in Lexington, but it's it's been a while. And uh gonna be nice. Me and my family are actually gonna be able to go to that game. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're gonna do all the the bourbon tours and um the Kentucky Derby stuff. It's gonna be really a really fun trip. Um 
but you know, for the team, lesser for the actual game, what do you have predicted for this? Yeah, I think this will be a breeze for Bama on the road. I'm hoping so. Um, Easy. Easy. Not, not, not a breeze, but, you know, they're replacing Will Levis. I don't think Kentucky's a very talented team. Um, there's, there's there's no way that Kentucky should hang with Alabama. Um, I'm not saying that the backups are going to be in in the third or fourth quarter or anything, but I'm predicting a comfortable win for Alabama made by 24 points. What, Damn, 45, 21? Damn. I don't. I don't see Kentucky. I'm ho- so much. Seventy five nothing. <laughs> yeah. So so it, this is so hard because so much of this season is pre- is predicated on the court. I have no idea what right. to expect. Right. It's hard yeah. to predict. Well, we're not going to talk about quarterbacks right now, but this is is tough. Yeah, I mean, if you get good quarterback play, you win the national championship. I think there's no doubt. Right. They have the offensive right. line. The receivers aren't great, but they're they're not trash cans either. And I mean, you got a, a, a really good stable of running backs. But <clears throat> this uh this game at, at at Kentucky for me is my third trap game of the season. Uh, like like I said, the schedule's filled with them. Devin Leary, the NC State transfer, is a top quarterback in the SEC in the preseason. Um. You come off a big win versus LSU. I look for this. You remember all those years where J-Law mentioned earlier about Bama playing in Starkville and, and really at home, they never really blew Mississippi State out the way they needed to on paper or the way they should have on paper. That game was always right after the LSU game. And you're beat down. It's basically an NFL-type game, and and it's tough to, to get up and go play a team who might not be a, a top 10, top 15 team, which I don't think Kentucky will be. But you come off a big win versus the LSU. Um, it was always a tight one against Mississippi State, and I think this will be no different. I think this is one of those games where Alabama might have some things bounce their way on the road, and I think they escape. This is an escape game for Alabama, 31-27 or 31-28. J-Law, what do we have? I like Alabama big in this one. I don't know if it's as major as – Lester, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a slow fest. You go LSU, you get this one, you get your little FCS game in, then you play the Iron Bowl. I mean, I think Alabama's going to be riding a wave of momentum at this point. One loss or undefeated It's kind of where I would have them going into this game. Just beat a, a conference and a division rival. And Kentucky, man, they're just Kentucky. No, I mean, not, not to hate on Kentucky, but they're just Kentucky. So you look at these guys. um, not going to have all the talent in the world. This this is on the road, right? Yes. Yes, it is. No, my bad. I, I, I was pulling up their schedule. I was looking at it backwards. Okay, yeah. So, I don't know, man. Big win. I think this is one of those games where Alabama starters probably play, don't play much after the eight-minute mark in the third quarter. And, safe, I, and I wanted to point out, I'm assuming Alabama has slightly a – they have good quarterback play, not great quarterback play in all of these. Because I just can't assume that we're just not going to have any quality quarterback play in a lot of these games. So that's how I'm making my predictions. Alabama big in this one. They're going to get into the mid to high 30s. Kentucky, if they score 17, will be impressive in this game. Yeah, that's 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 a little shocking. I'm not going to lie. I thought, I thought J-Law, I mean, Lesser, you know, he's got the joyless, joyless murder ball mindset we're gonna kick the shit out of everybody but a little shot by j-law there i thought that you would have a tighter matchup there 
a, t- a tighter position there. Kentucky, just I'm also thinking that Alabama's defense forces some turnovers this year, gives us some short fields, which we have not seen the last two years. Alabama's going to have a chance to end some games early, not because of offense, but how about the defense after a kickoff, getting a couple plays in, getting a pick, forcing a fumble, giving the offense some short field. I think that's going to be some of the reason why Alabama gets back to those 2016-ish days where they have some some knots, they have some non-offensive touchdowns. And against a team like Kentucky, who even with Will Levis just played super sloppy football last year, I'm not sure how they fixed that going into this year. Loving the optimism from my fellow Gump Runners. Let's keep it rolling after UT Chattanooga, November 25th at Jordan Hare. Lester, go. Oh boy. Um Mm-mm. don't uh, don't do it. I uh it's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be ugly. Nah. I I I I wanna believe that they would come out, do what they're supposed to do, and let the talent on the field play to their potential and get up big, take the crowd out. I I have no faith that that's gonna happen. They Alabama is not going to lose the Iron Bowl, but that game that day will not be fun at all. Um, I'm predicting a 10 point win, maybe uh, 30 20, 30 to 20, something like that. Yeah, or 27 17, but it's going to be ugly, it's not going to be fun. Ball's going to bounce weird some kind of way, but they will, they're going to, Alabama's going to win. See it. Um, you know, I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to have any magic with this team. Maybe down the road, if they continue to pay players the way they are, their quarterback play is going to be average. I think their offensive line is going to be below average. They have one good running back. The receiver is going to be very average. And I think their whole entire defense is average. Bill O'Brien and Pete Golden are gone. So I think a repeat of the 2021 matchup were on paper. That should, I think we had like a 22 point line or something like that on that game. I think that type of matchup is unlikely where it takes Alabama to beat or it takes Alabama four overtimes to beat an inferior opponent. Um I think by this point they've got the quarterbacks figured out. Um defense has it rolling like Jay Law said maybe forcing some turnovers. I think they go into Jordan Hare with a Georgia mindset of just keep it on the ground and beat that ass and we're going to run the ball and there's not a damn thing you're going to do about it. And I think Alabama wins 38-24. I see, I see that as a two-touchdown game, 38-24 in Jordan-Hare. J-Law, what we got? Yeah, I think they roll in Jordan-Hare with a 2009-type mentality but have much better athletes all around the field. You know, in 09 they had Mark and Julio, nobody really else to throw it to. But this year, I mean, even if they do have that run-it-down-your-throat mentality, man, there's so many guys that can pose a mismatch for an Auburn defense who, if you looked at their strengths – would be the defensive backfield to maybe kind of counter some of the wide receivers that Alabama has. But, you know, you you talk about Jimbo and guys sitting on plays. and um, But I think Hugh Freeze, this is a game like he knows how big this one is. Obviously, everybody knows how big it is. But this for Hugh, this is enough this year. Keep Alabama close. Play them in the fourth quarter. Those moral victories that we know Auburn likes to take. I mean, we've already seen him kind of – he's flipped two guys that should be at Alabama, Perry and and Riddick, and they paid him a lot of money. We all know it. But, you know, 
and he and he's even got them saying stuff about Alabama and the media, stupid shit. Like they're not, they don't produce any good wide receivers. That's why I'm going to Auburn. They produce wide receivers, dude. It's crazy. So he knows how much this game means. Um, but I don't know if Auburn just has enough. I mean, the debacle of having Jamison Williams on special teams in that game, and he gets out for targeting, and now you've lost your best offensive weapon. You have Damian George playing right tackle. No, nah, no, nah, none of that this year. You're going to have a stud field offensive line. You're going to be able to run the football if the passing game is even remotely, you know, alive, has a pulse. Alabama's going to be able to run the football this year if they can just keep defensive defenses honest. Um, but hey, when's the last time Alabama's won a game in Jordan Hare by more than 17 points? 2011? Because they yeah. lost. So yeah. they did not 14, win 14, in 14. 15. They did not win by 17, I don't think. No, nah, we won like 20. Was it 29 to 12? We scored maybe it late. Was. Yeah, they scored late. So maybe it was. So, but 2011 was a 28 point game. Then they lost in 17-19 and almost lost in 2021. So if Alabama wins this game by more than 10 points, that is a big win in Jordan-Hare Stadium. If you can be sitting there with five minutes to go knowing that you've won the game in Jordan-Hare Stadium, I take that as almost like a blowout anywhere else because that place is just so tough to play. I like Bama to win. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of Alabama fans want. But I do think with about six minutes left in the fourth, You'll know that Alabama's won this game and sitting at what twelve and zero or eleven and one, depending on how that Tennessee game is going, going into the SEC title game. Yeah, so, against Tennessee. Right. Yeah, I have them. I have them losing to uh, the Texas J Law's kind of flip game is the Tennessee, and then Lesser's was LSU. Is that right? Yeah, Texas and LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's good that we all have different opinions on that, um, <clears throat> and. and and you know we'll see how it plays out. We're gonna uh, we're gonna can the uh, the final four playoff predictions. We're gonna push that to next week. Um, we're sitting here at about forty forty five minutes or so. But um, guys, any other thoughts on the season? I, I like that. I mean, every we we all we're all thinking twelve and 0, 11 and one. I'm thinking eleven and one at best. Um, could easily see a ten and two. Lester, what would be the floor for this Alabama team? What is the maximum number of games you could see them losing? Three. JL, are you the same Three. on that? Man, it's hard to find this mute button sometimes. No, it's uh I think the max is Texas, Tennessee. I don't think I just don't think LSU's a losable game this year. Um, I think Kyle Field is a losable game. Yeah, I would say three is probably well, hell four. You could say four. I think I don't doubt that I think Auburn's losable, but I think Alabama could potentially lose that game just because how scared I am to go there. But I say, yeah, there's three, there are three losable games on the schedule, and that's not counting your trap games like State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, if they throw you some wrinkles. I, I think there's up to five losable games. Now I say I have no intention of Alabama losing five games. I think the the maximum they could lose is three. But you look at Texas, A&M on the road, Tennessee, LSU, even though they're at home, at Kentucky for me. I think those are the five losable games. I think Alabama wins a minimum of three of those. So I think their floor is – I guess I guess the floor is nine and three for me, but I don't see them going below ten and two. 
Um, J-Lo, last question here, and we'll, and we'll hop off. But you're you're more scared. You're more scared of Tennessee over LSU. Tell me why that is, because I just I I don't have any confidence in Joe Milton. I think Jalen Hyatt's gone. I don't see them having another guy like that on the roster. They can just run by everybody on the field. And like we talked about earlier, their defense is suspect. So tell me what why you think that that Tennessee game is a more losable game than LSU. Yeah, I'll just say points scored. I mean, at some point. Just because they have that opportunity to to strike yeah, quick. I, yeah, I think I think they have the opportunity to strike quick. And it's for them, I mean, dude, Taylor Hyatt was not gonna be a the Alabama game put him on the map. It didn't like going into that game like you that you were worried about the, you know, potentially covering a first round draft pick. I mean, I don't did he even go in the first round? I mean I have no idea. I don't even think he did. So I mean, but we so I mean, Hypel abused us with a good quarterback, not a great dude. Hendon Hooker is not a great quarterback. He's not going to go play in the NFL for a decade and be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this guy gets mismatches. He stresses the defense. And I just think at some point they could potentially score too many points for you to keep up. I see. I don't, I think Hendon Hooker was a, he, he wasn't elite. For a college quarterback, but I think he was very, very, a very, very good college quarterback. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to have a, a long NFL career. Um, you know, he's already hurt. I think he tore his ACL or something like that. But no, I don't see him having a a, a, a huge NFL career. But for what he they needed him to do in college in this system, I think he had great touch on his deep ball. I don't see Joe Milton having that unless he has a receiver 70, 80 yards downfield and he can just let it go as far as he can, then yes. But I don't see him being, being able to put touch on those 30, 40-yard passes like Hendon Hooker can. That dude was dropping it in a bucket almost every time. He was a well, problem. They were also wide open. I mean, dude, every yeah. touchdown highest score wide open. I think that's not that that's not going to happen in this game, which gives me a little more confidence, obviously. But, I mean, listen, if, if Joe Milton has guys running wide open, he's not going to miss them either. I mean, just throw it up there. They'll go get it. And even Hidden Hooker threw, what, two picks? He had three turnovers or should have had three. Should there was only three, two yeah. um, in that game. So, you know, I I just don't think LSU is a threat this year. Um, they will be next year in, back in Baton Rouge. But I just don't know where their offensive firepower is going to come from. The Joe Burrow year, obviously you were nervous about him. But ever since Les Miles was there in that one year under Ed O., them coming to Bryant-Denny outside of Bill O'Brien being on staff, Alabama's pretty much been able to do what they need to do against them. All right, well, there you have it, guys. That's an SEC schedule breakdown plus Texas. Um, opinions for, on each game from all three of us. And, uh, yeah, next week we'll we'll have two scrimmages to cover. We'll have – usually there's a lot of stats that come out from these scrimmages. Um, we know people that are there. And um, – and so we'll get some good inside information. There's there's a lot that leaks out from this scrimmage coming up this Saturday. So uh, we'll have a lot, a lot of numbers and a lot of stuff to break down. Plus, we'll give you our final four predictions. But until then, this is episode 85, Gunprunners Podcast, Chase Thornton, Jeremy Law, Lester Mitchell. We're out.